heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. Has the Sydney racing been caught up in what's a strategic political decision for a, for a demographic out west? For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. Ah, yes, Racing's editor here at RSN, Matty Stewart, is in the house. And, uh, gee whiz, there's plenty to talk about, Matty. It may be a quiet time as far as the racing on the track is concerned, but there's plenty bubbling around it, uh, off it, including... We'll talk about... Oh, no, that didn't sound it, Eventually right, we got it, though. I was thinking, yeah, plenty you'll, get, bubbling, you'll get it eventually. Plenty bubbling, bubbling away. Bubbling along? Uh, the Tab Corp deal uh, was one that broke yesterday. Now... Um, when you take over tomorrow, you're going to be... Because yes, your you're timing the, has been impeccable. You're the business always. editor around here yes, as well. Yes, um, I think you're going to be speaking to all the head honchos about the ins and outs, but on face value, it's an interesting announcement because there's no official joint venture now, so... Um, as John Stensolt said, the most important part from a racing point of view is that the industry is no worse off under the new deal, but mm. you want it to be better than not worse off, you know? And, and I think the the feeling all along as we built up to 2024 has been uh, opening up a land of opportunity regarding expanding the wagering licence, but that hasn't happened. It seems like, as John Stensolt said, it's, it's about continuity, it's about some um, uh, populist offerings from uh, the TAB regarding uh, what the government would like, like um, uh, welfare programs and responsible gambling initiatives and things like that. So, Well, it's going to be a big factor, I think, the um, responsible gambling. Now, I know you've discussed a lot of what's happening over in the UK, really, those mm. probity checks. I'm wondering whether there will be more um, onerous... I suppose, restrictions placed on punters, especially when there's a line in the press release from the state government saying, um, government acknowledges Tabcorp's commitment to gambling harm, minimisation expects Tabcorp will continue to work to enhance its systems to allow for more harm minimisation measures to be implemented. This includes changes to its self-service terminals to ensure that minors do not gamble and real-time reporting of player activity occurs. It's interesting, isn't it? It's quite a draconian concept that um, there's a there's a target market for those uh, betting machines and underage kids. They've all got phones. Like, if they're going to be somehow managing to, to gamble at the age of 17, I'm sure it's not walking into an ever-diminishing TAB agency and, and plonking on one of those machines. Or but, a pub. Or a pub. Um, but, and I don't show it, I'm not sure how, what's, what you do to implement it. Like, what do you have to flash your birth certificate out? Or, or a something? driver's licence, maybe? Yeah, but the the assumption that everyone's got one. But anyway, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting. But it, it does come down to familiarity and some some pleasing offerings from the TAB. It was interesting that that powwow that the the Metro clubs had with Racing Victoria in the city a couple of weeks ago. You might remember that Sporting Bet was there, and Sporting Bet made a very uh, optimistic. Uh, um, pitch about how how those um, gambling reforms would not be as onerous as everyone first thought. From the federal government, yeah. From the federal government. So, uh, and it's interesting that they were a player in that, but now they're not part of this wagering licence. I imagine had the reason for them being there would have been that they were still an active player in some mm. way at the time, but... 
No, that's not the case. So it's, it's a really, you know, it's a bit beyond my... Well, you'll find out more tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you... Each guest is going to be introduced with, can you please dumb this down for me? But um, <laughs> I hope they do. Um, well, just on that, because there was an SMS which alluded to this and you followed up and you will have more on this tomorrow. Off the back of what this funding mm. may mean for all three codes, we've seen prize money reductions in thoroughbreds, mm. we've seen it in harness, and um, the word is Rebecca Seaton Greyhounds as well. Yeah, I might even try and get Stuart Lang, the CEO of GRV, in tomorrow uh, to have a chat about the state of play, and that may factor in uh, prize money issues as well. My understanding is it's being worked through at the moment, maybe a bit of engagement with the participants about where the hits should be, maybe. So that will be interesting, and I might even try and get Stuart Lang in tomorrow. Yep, perfect. Um, when does Dave Eustace pack his bags for Hong Kong? Gee, the jungle drum's been beating for a while on this, hasn't it? I, I rang Dave a couple, uh, couple of days ago and said, mm, this is the mail, and he did the polite um, thing you do when you've maybe offered a Hong Kong gig, is you don't say much because they're a bit funny over there, but... If it occurs, um, it sounds like it, it sounds will. Like it's a fait accompli. It does sound like that. Um, uh, ma- massive opportunity. Timing seems right for him individually. Young man, um, training Mecca. It's not all guaranteed. Talk to Michael Friedman and others about how how important the uh, Jamie Richards, Mark Newnham, yeah. um, David Hayes really struggled for the first bit of his. So you got to sort of run across hot coals to get there, but if you get there, you, it's it's well worth it. And uh, we'll play a grab from Luke Curry in a moment. It occurs for trainers and jockeys, you've got to start. Yeah. And you've got to start quickly, otherwise you're labelled an unlucky jockey, an unlucky trainer, and you can lose horses, it can be difficult to get new owners as well. So, I mean, Dave's he's a Melbourne Cup winning trainer. He's a, an outstanding part of the Kieran Ma training establishment. He goes there with an impeccable record and reputation, but he's going to have to bring some horses, bring some owners with him almost. And, and prove himself as a standalone entity. Like, yep. Is he perceived as... Um, 50% of the success story, which I think most of us understand how important Dave Eustace is. I've, ever since the old Caulfield days where Colin Little used to say that guy's an mm. absolute star. But whether the perception is that he's a Kieran Ma racing employee um, and that, you know, so this is all going to be fleshed out. But what impact on Kieran Ma racing? It's kind of not the same as losing Annabelle Nisham or Lucy Yeomans or any of those because this is the training partner. Um, this is the guy that helped accommodate the exponential growth. Yep. This is the guy that when Kieran was going left, Dave would go right, and this is why they, they could have... They were a great combination. Everyone that you spoke to, because uh, Dave is so, I suppose, um, almost process-driven, he's across everything, and that gave Kieran the opportunity to look for the bigger picture and, and yeah. Kieran could be the, the training future. hippie that he is, and Dave could be the... So now, Dave potentially leaving... Never been a more important training partner for any trainer. So you can't just replace Dave Eustace. Kieran's having a kit. I saw um, Declan with his kid down at the Jericho Cup. So they've, their lives have slowed a little bit domestically. Whether it um, whether this puts an absolute ceiling on the growth of the stable, I would imagine it absolutely does because it's the biggest stable in the history of this part of the world by a mile and what elements have to occur for it to just slow down a bit. Um, if you lose... Your left hand, you know, they're a left hand, right hand operation. If you lose whichever hand he represents, uh, um, where is this the is this the sort of the slowdown that the stable was always going to happen and needed a little bit for the overall balance? Well, they've of expanded things? so quickly. I'd imagine there would be a period of consolidation 
following that expansion, I, I'd imagine that you would um, you'd bring someone in um, to fill that void because the stable is so big. How now, do you fi- what I'm saying is, how do you fill Dave Eustace? I'm just not sure. I think it was such a unique reason why they were so successful because of the two individuals that came together. Whether there's an automatic replacement for Dave Eustace, that's the challenge. Of course there is. There's always, there is always no, of, someone of out there. Of that ilk is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, you have a look at the, the team that Kieran uh, and Dave as well have put in around them. Like, they've got some unbelievable talent that helps them grow as big. So, and there could yeah, be, but they're all technical. Be, they're all niche people. There could they're be another trainer to. out there yeah. who goes, you know what, maybe this will be a role for me because I don't have to worry about bills. I don't have to worry about owners. I can do what I want to do as part of a team here. Maybe maybe it could be something that is very um Does anyone want to walk into a stable that has 500 horses in work? It's it's a it's a head, like the no two people in racing play play at Annabelle Nisham because of the growth of her stable the the two t- most time poor trainers in Australia are Dave Eustace and, and Kieran Marks, simply because of the scale of the business. They, they, they're across everything every day. It's impossible. So, anyway, interesting discussion. It is. Uh, we'll talk more about it um, when it officially gets, to now, uh, gets announced. It's funny if it never happened because everyone's going, oh, oops. Well, it's not how things normally um, work, is it? Uh, usually when the jungle drums are beating so loudly, it's pretty much right. But it'll be fascinating to have a chat to Kieran and Dave when the time is right. Um, speaking of um, big news, which yeah. occurred yesterday, we'll have a chat a little later um, to Neil Bainbridge. But the big meetings yesterday were rubber stamped. We're going to have a super club now, Pakenham and also Cranbourne. The members vote for both clubs. Uh, they both at six o'clock last night had sort of AGMs and uh, the, 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 the club members said yes, yes, uh, both Pakenham and uh, Cranbourne. Uh, to to the idea of a, of a super club, what it actually means for the status of Cranbourne. Does it is it, it, I imagine it will now get a seat around the table for the Metro clubs. It's now outgrown country racing Victoria. So as far as the around the seat, the table of the, the, the Metro clubs, so Cranbourne Packenham will now have a seat at that table. Uh, what does it mean for everything? Like, you, you know, when you think it through, does it do, well, if it's Metro, what does that mean? Obviously the sale of Sandown, which everyone knows now is an absolute given, um, uh, will mean that the, there's more emphasis on Sandown, uh, on Packenham Cranbourne. It will be the only racetrack in that area. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, you know, you look at the next 20 years about the evolution of the population and all that sort of stuff. In, is this going to be the, the, the major race club in 20 years' time? You know, who knows? Well, it's in that growth corridor, isn't it? Yeah. Um, from a turnover point of view, if it does become a metro track, you're still going to have issues with that turnover being equal to a Caulfield, a Mooney Valley or a Flemington because it simply won't be. It's not In time it viewed will be, that from especially interstate participants as it's well. It's all about um, punter familiarity. It's the, you, you get that sort of status just over time. You know, like Rose Hill, the people who are going to allegedly um, sell off Rose Hill, they're not concerned about losing that. You know, so obviously they feel in Sydney that that sort of, um, you know, as they expanded Wollongong and Newcastle and have those standalones, they they feel that the, the punters will catch on. Oh, we'll find more when I speak to Neil Bainbridge uh, a little later after 10 o'clock today. Um, interesting press release was put out last night in regards to the Harness Racing CEO investigations, which 
I don't think many people actually knew which were being undertaken, and the findings were revealed last night, Matty. Yeah, no, interesting one. Matt Isaacs is the CEO of Harness Racing Victoria, and I think that this has come through the Racing Integrity Commissioner, Sean Carroll, who's going to hopefully join me in the studio in the next week or so. I think this is a big relief to, to Matt Isaacs, and I think it, it lays clear um, the co- potential conflicts of interest that have now been completely explained and exonerated. It involved, here are the bullet points, um, that the potential conflict of interest suggestions were that he awarded a professional services contract to a company whose sole director was a close personal friend and part owner of a horse called the Lost Storm, who's a champion horse with Emma Stewart, improperly lobbied for the nomination of the Lost Storm for the Eureka Slot Race conducted at Menangle, uh, interfered with the stewards' inquiry about Major Moth's participation in a Geelong Pace, in the Geelong Pacing Cup on the 21st of October, and interfered with the post the pre-race swabbing and post-race testing of Mac Dan, who won the Geelong Pacing Cup. Uh, and in its findings, the Integrity Commission goes through every allegation and exonerates Matt Isaacs quite clearly on Is every allegation. Big, um, allegations to have been levelled. Where did they come from? The allegations um, that I, inspired this investigation. I think HRV itself, once it became aware of these potential grey areas, actually approached the Integrity Commission and says, can you give us your interpretation of this? And he's come back and basically said, other than saying the checks and balances could probably be improved when it comes to this sort of stuff, uh, that Matt Isaacs has no uh, no issue here. Um, just trying to get hold of Moody. Um, so I think that's a great relief to Matt Isaacs. He still has this issue with prize money uh, and so on that has to be dealt with in coming months. And there's also what has come out of this, and we were t- talking to Dan Malecki and Ryan Phelan yesterday about the disconnect between the integrity department at the Harness and the rest of Harness Racing Victoria, uh, about the... Uh, transparency, disclosure of stories that come up, the Emma Stewart six months and so on, that has been identified as an unsuccessful relationship between integrity and the rest of HRV and there's a strong recommendation to do something about it and that is what they are now doing. Well, uh, I'm sure uh, Matt Isaacs will be very Moods needs 30 minutes, so... Well, I think he's in trials at the moment, so that's we'll, we can get him on a little later. Uh, or you can have a chat to him tomorrow. Um, just speaking of country racetracks, as we were a second ago, there's a, a new CEO needed for Bendigo as well. Yeah, this is an interesting one because um, uh, Rob Highness has only been there in a sh- for a short while, but his family's decided to move to Adelaide. He, he only um, joined in late 2022. Family reasons, difficult decision. Uh, really unfortunate because uh, he really seemed to... Rob Highness really seemed to understand the... Bendigo relationship with the racing in the town and, and trying to build it and had a lot of good ideas along those lines. So hopefully whoever his successor is uh, will continue that that good work. But it's it's always awkward when a CEO has well, it's all these... It's yeah. a big race club too in that area. Huge, so, huge. Um, there'll be a, a, no doubt a, an extensive search for a new CEO there. And just also to do with Bendigo, off the top of your head, can you think of the most successful ever Bendigo horse? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would never have got it either. Don't worry. No, is it from yesteryear? Yes, yesteryear. I know yesteryear is not your thing. Sailor's Guide. Oh, super, did it? Went yeah. to, it went over to America, Sailor's Guide, did it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think it rests in California. So there you go, Sailor's Guide. I just, to be honest, I didn't know it was trying to be to go. So, so why, <laughs> does, why have you pulled out Sailor's Guide? 
because it's just been awarded uh, the most voted. The Bendigo Trucker Club has honoured Sailor's Guide as the most outstanding horse to be trained in the city, and they're going to do something flash for Sailor's Guide up at Bendigo. Okay, there you go. Um, Darren Weir, we were just asking yesterday about when... Uh, the Darren with the, you know, the latest story in the train, March next Darren year. Weir, and it is uh, March next year to answer charges for the alleged use of jiggers. So that that's we have goes questions on every on day on. on the SMS asking what's the latest with yep. Darren Weir's so, case. So it'll be March next year. Um, speaking of situations and disqualifications, interesting article. I think it was on was it mm. .com or RaceNet re a Couple owner Simona. that's been given a six month disqualification. Brendan Fisher, who's based in Victoria, but he's come under the the realm of the South Australian stewards, he's been given six months and a $1,500 fine for abusing jockeys in a volley of emails to racing administrators. So he's been peppering away, and he's, he's, a, he's a multiple offender in this regard. He was also fined 2000 uh, a year or two ago uh, last year uh, for a similar offence. So he's just an idiot, uh, well, and he's been pinged. If he's a repeat offender... Maybe it should be longer than six months. It's um, it's pretty distasteful well, kind of stuff. What he says. You hear through. some of the you hear about some of the stuff, don't you? So um, the reason why we're trying to get moved, by the way, is to get his interpretation of what it might mean for Packenham and Cranbourne with the new merger. So if you don't get him later on, I'll try and get him on the big V. Uh, now you've been speaking to Chris Waller. Uh, is there any update with he's part what? of Team Stewart? He doesn't know it, but he's part of Team Stewart. Is there any update with what his thoughts are? Read the the mooted sale of Rose Hill and what his future could be if that occurs? He tells me that he's going to, by the end of the week, he's going to have a clear view and there'll probably be, knowing Chris, there'll be a statement and um, he will express it quite carefully, whatever his views are. But he did give us a bit of an insight on uh, Saturday mornings last week or the week before. And speaking of Luke Curry, we're talking about how tough it is over in Hong Kong. He's back in Melbourne. We get to see him. He has his first ride back tomorrow at Flemington, Matty. He's got one for Gavin Bedgegood on Mornington Glory. And he was on with the Brecky guys this morning just talking about how tough it can be to get your foot in the door in Hong Kong. Character building, I would say, in two words. But um, um, I, I really did en- enjoy it, and I enjoyed living there and um, the, the way the racing is there and, and, and how big it is. It's just amazing, the scale of it. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I did find it hard. Um, it's a very um, ruthless environment, and, um, and winners um, create winners. So if you're not riding winners, then you're, you're quickly on, on the back burner and, and put at the bottom of the list, so um, I found that that quite difficult to um, to sort of to, to, to get out of. Um, but uh, yeah, it was um, it was a great learning experience. Mm, yeah, well, it it's good to see you back. Remember, he came back and he won the uh, All Star Mile with. Uh, Mr. Brightside, so there's no doubting Luke Carey's ability, but it is tough to break into that Hong Kong market. We've got a lot of SMSs coming through. I'll read a few to them, uh, to you, Matty. Um, surely there's someone in the stable already who can take over from Dave Eustace. Jack Turnbull is a star. Could he step up? Possibly. Matt Stewart used to bang on about Dave Eustace going over to England and setting up a Mar and Eustace stable. Um, so surely they can continue on without Dave Eustace? No, another one I never said. Um, 
I just said that they would probably at some stage open up an international stable and they've got Harry Eustace over there. So uh, Interesting that the government has gone with TAB. No one under 60 uses TAB anymore to bet. Uh, TAB court hasn't been cutting edge for years. And, and I think this is the issue that the TAB's mm. really going to have to step up yeah, is no, to no win punters back from the corporates yep. to ensure that um, they are cutting edge because there is a public perception out there saying that they have dropped the ball in the last few years. Despite the restrictions that are coming as well. So they're mm. going to have to innovate, although they're going to be hard, it's going to be harder to do. This SMS says heritage approval has been granted yep. to demolish the Rupert Clark Correct. stand. Correct. What does this mean? Been a lot of backlash to, well, obviously the Rupert Clark stand is one of the more famous grandstands and heritage... Victoria, who I would imagine, just read that. Read that. What you just read again? It's been granted by Her- I think it's been granted by Heritage yeah, Victoria to on, on the request of the MRC. So, uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I saw a bit of that on social media. I should have put it on the list. So uh, that uh, work at Caulfield just marches on, and a lot of people are really sensitive to um, the scale of it, you know, and the what's going and what's not being kept and things like that. Uh, there's a couple of SMSs asking about the app. Yes, unfortunately. I don't, is it the weather that affects it? I don't know. But uh, bloody app is down again and it's down too often. So they are trying to fix it. So apologies to all the listeners out there. I know personally how mm. frustrating it is. Yes, I've got to say it can be a bit hit and miss. Uh, so um, they are working on it. So it's not your phone. It's not your computer that's buggered up. It's our app again. So apologies for well, that. One last one. There's a little bit of a... Speaking of jungle drums, and you were in Perth last week... Ollie might have a bit to deal with in a um, non-racing sense uh, business-type relationship issue uh, upon his retirement. There's a lot of rumblings about... um, It was the talk of the town in WA. To be honest, I'm surprised that it hasn't hit mainstream media. It is just a matter of time um, that... Unfortunately for Damien Oliver and uh, basking in the afterglow of what has been a fabulous um, farewell week for him, there could be more news which comes out where Damien Oliver has done nothing wrong himself, but there may be some news which comes out to um, business dealings or managers, um, which no doubt will make very big headlines in mainstream media when it does come out. But uh, as we speak at the moment, um, it is a fair bit of rumour and innuendo, but a lot of people who would know say that uh, there is something going on which we will hear more about in the coming weeks in regards to Damien Oliver. Absolutely. Um, Big V, we might try and get moods. It might actually fit in, unless you can squeeze him in in half an hour, but um, he might. that might be a nice one for the Big V or tomorrow or whatever. But uh, yes, and then you're off on... L-E-A-V-E. Yes, so my last day today. So, Maddie, you're going to jump into the big chair, which is, as I've said, perfect timing Timing. for you uh, Mm. tomorrow. And then uh, I'll be back when we are about to head up to Gold Coast for the Magic Millions. Uh, So uh, you'll enjoy the next couple of weeks, Maddie, keeping all the listeners up to date with news and finding winners as well. No worries. All right, enjoy. All right, I'll see you on the big V. Yes. All right, Maddie Stewart with all the news.